What's going on, y'all? It's DJ Treacy Treese, and welcome to episode 10 already of What the Pod. This episode, we're going to do something very special. Today's guest has performed in 24 countries worldwide for presidents, princesses, and superstars of the entertainment world, including Michael Jackson, y'all. He has appeared on both national and international television at major amusement parks, casinos, fairs, festivals, and cruise ships all over the world, bringing in Lucky episode number 10, What the Magic. Check out my exclusive interview with Michael Mesmer from The Michael Mesmer Show. Hey, Michael, thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to What the Pod for our re-recording, and I thank you so much for your time here. Um, How are you today? I'm doing great. You know, it's great that things are starting to open up again, and uh, I've had both vaccine shots, so I'm opening up again, and just things are happening. I'm so jealous. I'm only uh, half a vaccine in there. So I've got a couple weeks to like really lay low until I can like ease my personal restrictions a little bit more. Yeah, I mine, I, mine will be fully in effect by Friday, both of them. So that's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So congrats on that. But welcome to What the Pod. Um, tell the audience a little bit more um, about your podcast. Okay. Well, I am a clinical hypnotherapist. I hold a degree in psychology. Um, I work at the Younger Medical uh, Concierge Medical Group here in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Uh, and um, so, yeah, and then I have a great podcast, The Michael Mesmer Show. And on my podcast, we talk about everything. I mean, all sorts of cool stuff. Everything from ghost hunting to history of show business, people that I've worked with, to um, my hypnosis and my COVID-nosis hypnotherapy program. And then everything in between, UFOs, all sorts of things. That's awesome. So it sounds like that's a place that you can go and explore some bizarre things, which always excites me. Um, So tell me a little bit about you. Where did your career start and uh, how did you kind of get here? Well, you know, uh, actually, I started in show business before I became a hypnotherapist. And uh, when I was seven was my first paid show. Uh, Actually, my oldest brother used to drum for Chubby Checker and Little Richard and people like that. And then my middle brother started on Broadway with Danny Kaye and and that kind of thing. So I kind of grew up around show business. And so I decided to be a magician ultimately, but I started out as in musical theater and I did a production of Wizard of Oz when I was seven. That was my first paid show. And then um, as I went along, I became a magician and I started touring the world and I turned to 25 countries around the world and performed for Michael Jackson and uh, Princess Grace of Monaco, all sorts of cool people in my career. And uh, I still currently do my danger magic show. And then I also do my hypnosis show and hypnotherapy work, as I mentioned. So um, that's kind of my journey um, to become a hypnotist. I was in Asia, actually, and I saw the trance ceremonies there uh, in Thailand. They have a thing called the Kinje. And the Kim Jay, what they do is a vegetarian ceremony, but it's a religious ceremony. And they go into trance. And what happens is that they put spikes through their cheeks from cheek to cheek, hanging weights from them. And they put skewers through their tongue hanging out. And they walk through the streets for like uh, 24 hours in this trance state. And then they come back to the temple, take all of that out, come out of trance, no no marks, no blood. And so it really inspired me to continue going into hypnosis beyond my magic. And so uh, I went to the Hypnotism Training Institute in Glendale, California, and took hundreds of hours of training. And then I got my degree in psychology. So that's kind of a brief kind of little version of what my life's been like. There's so much in there because there's entertainment. There's all the things that make, you know, me excited, like magic and like danger show things. But then you also have this clinical side where you've actually... um, 
provided medical help from for for some people. So how has it been transitioning and, you know, balancing the two? You know, the funny thing is they're very similar in a way because both of them are to bring happiness to people. Both of them are to bring joy to people and both of them are to help people in, in their own way. Um, and so uh, with my show business career, I always enjoy making people happy and them coming up afterwards and be able to talk with people and maybe even help them with their lives in a sense, because as an entertainer, people tend to seek you out. You know, they think you know something that they don't. Uh, and sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. But uh, anyway, so then uh, it was kind of an easy transition going into the hypnosis for one, because I wanted to do hypnosis shows. And then once I did that, I wanted to get into the therapy deeply. And so it kind of all kind of, it was like a natural progression, really. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds really natural. And the first time we recorded, I had no clue that you had that whole clinical side. So that was like really new to me. So I've done some research. And it seems like that is really where people think it's sci-fi. And it's really not. They're actually scientific facts in a lot of the things that you talk about. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people always think that hypnosis is some supernatural thing. And it's not. It's a natural God-given ability to relax. And we all have it in us. You were born with it. It's just we don't know how to turn it on and turn it off. But it's in us already. That's why when you drive down the highway and you get somewhere, you say, how did I get there so quick? Well, that's hypnosis. You're in highway hypnosis. You're focusing on what's in your mind or what's on the road. You've done that, I'm sure, right? Yeah, you. I think you just read my mind because I just read an article on Facebook this week about highway hypnosis. Really? So I was like, oh my goodness, you're kind of psychic wow. too. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's cool. So yeah, so yeah, so everybody gets hypnotized, whether it's by the TV or on the highway. So it's a natural thing. It's just we don't learn how to turn it on when we want to. And that's where I come in because... People don't understand all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. The hypnotist never hypnotizes you. He has the skills to help you to hypnotize yourself. So that's what it comes down to. And I'm glad you gave me that, that whole caveat there. And it's important because I viewed hypnotism like, oh my God, I might be scared to go to a hypnotist show because am I going to be hypnotized? But that makes so much more sense that, hey, it's just a state of relaxation to help you do things that you normally would have done. What are some benefits that you that you help people use, um, help, help with hypnotism um, to help them in their everyday life? Well, just to follow up in a, for just a brief moment on something you just said, a lot of people are scared of hypnosis because it started way back in the silent film industry where the hypnotist is controlling people to do evil things or murder people. Uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari from 1918 in post-World War I Germany was the first big film that kind of exploited that. But even recently, Get Out, which was a movie a couple of years yeah. ago, very cool film. But again, it portrayed hypnosis as evil and that you would lose control and that they control you and they're going to take your mind. And so it's perpetrated all throughout you know, books, cartoons, comic books, films. So I don't blame you that you have a little trepidation. So do mm. other people because they don't understand what it really is. But yeah, as far as helping people with hypnosis, uh, I don't give a laundry list per se, but really hypnosis and hypnotherapy is such a powerful tool because unlike uh, psychology and psychiatry, it's the one modality of treatment that allows you to find your own healing, which is really great. Because when, we're when I hypnotize you or help you to hypnotize yourself, you're actually the one guiding yourself to your own solution. And that's what makes it so powerful. But ultimately, whether it's stopping smoking, weight control, whether it's uh, confidence building, whether it's sleep issues, any of those things, they come down to five basic fears that we all have in our life. Uh, and the five basic fears, get ready for this because it's kind of heavy. But there's I know. Five I was like, man, you're going to drop it on us right here. Right. I'm good for it. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
criticism is one. Sickness and aging is number two. Poverty is number three. Death is number four. And the biggest one of all is feeling that you are unlovable or unloved. So those are the keys to everything that kind of dictate what we do in our lives. See, when we're young from age one to five, one to eight, actually, we accept anything that people tell us uncritically. And so like if you're riding in the car with your parents and your, or, or your guardians or your mom, whatever friends, and you're sitting in your little baby seat and you're singing along the radio, they turn around and say, can you cut that noise out? And, and so from then on, you think maybe I can't speak in public. Maybe I shouldn't be outgoing. Maybe I'm not worth anything. Or maybe I just, maybe just simply you can't sing. So th those things are in there. So what happens after about age eight, we develop a critical factor where we deflect things we don't want to accept. But until that time, everything goes in there, spins around like a broken record, and it never comes back out, but it keeps dictating how we respond to everything in our lives. So that's where I come in, because I can take you to that subconscious, help you to see that situation from an adult perspective, and then gain control of it and no longer have it affect you in a negative way. So yes, there are so many issues, nail biting. Uh, I work with people with cancer, breast cancer, and I help them with that, uh, phantom limb pain, all these things, but a lot of them ultimately relate back to those five basic fears that we all have within us. Jeez. I mean, we were thinking about becoming parents and one through eight. So you like really need to make like manage what you say to kids at that age because they're just so impressionable and they can't even help it. You know, and when you're at the market, it hurts me so badly when I see parents saying negative things to their kids and using foul language along with it. And then they wonder why those kids grow up and they're gangsters or something, you know, it's because they program them in a critical time of their life and that's in there and it's shaping everything they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you can get to that subconscious uh, place to kind of work through those traumas. That's awesome. So yeah, they, other have to want change. they have to want the change, you know, that's they have the to want the change. It's like, like MJ said, make that change. You know, that's what it's like. You <laughs> You have to make that change. You have to want to make that change. And if you do, then I can help you. Yes. You, you know. And and since you brought up MJ, how was how was Michael Jackson performing for Michael Jackson? How was that? That was uh, unbelievable. Till this day, I don't believe it really happened because it's like totally, you know, unbelievable. Uh, he was he was during the off the wall era and he was with his with his uh, guys and uh, they were sitting in the third row because he loved magic. And so I was doing my magic on that particular show. And uh, he was just standing there applauding and smiling like Michael did. And he just enjoyed the performance. And But I didn't meet him because his guys were around him and they were very protective of him. Uh, but uh, it was great to actually have Michael Jackson's eyes actually watching me perform and wondering what he might have thought. I'll never know if he enjoyed it. I, he seemed to. He applied. He was smiling and awesome like Michael. You know, I think he's respectful of entertainers anyway in general. But, uh, but it was an amazing night. And uh, I'll never forget it as long as I live. And he was very nice. I mean, he was smiling, very kind, very respectful. And uh, that's why when I hear people say negatives about him, I can't believe it because a guy that's like that, he's not a criminal. He's not a bad person. And he had a, a rough childhood because all his life he was an entertainer. Uh, and uh, I sort of relate to that to an extent, not to the extent he was, but I understand that mentality. And so uh, I, I think Michael was a really fantastic guy from my experience and just what I got from his vibe when he was watching me on stage. Cause it's pretty personal when someone's watching you perform. So a uh, great guy. And what a great night. 
Yeah, and you got to perform for one of the greatest performers of all time. Like maybe, maybe one of the maybe the greatest, if if not three of the greatest of all time. That's for exactly sure. debatably the top performer of all time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. So magic. So you were doing magic. What's the what's the most advanced magic trick you've ever done? Well, you know, right now I do what's called danger magic, and I really enjoy it because I do things like swallow razor blades. I put my hand in a wolf trap and have it snap on my wrist. Uh, I uh, break an arrow with my neck. Uh, I also uh, do a bullet catch in my show. So I really like what I'm doing now. You know, people always say, well, you did all these ice cube big illusions with tigers and all that. Um, and, and I love all that. But I really love what I'm doing now, which is really physical challenge, which is really cool because it takes mind over matter, some self-hypnosis and be able to deal with the pain as you do it and present these incredible demonstrations that 99% of the magicians can't do or aren't doing. The only one that I know that really does similar to what I do only way above me is David Blaine. But other than David, who's really the man, uh, I'm pro one of the few people that actually do the kind of things that I do. That's oh, where can people see you perform this is it, since the world is opening back up? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm doing right now, I'm starting to do a lot of things again, but I don't have a regular show at the moment. I'm going to be at uh, many, several uh, county fairs and state fairs. I'm going to be at the North Dakota State Fair this summer and places like that. Um, but uh, you can see it on YouTube, too, because on my Michael Mesmer YouTube channel, there's some video. That is what's up. And I'll make sure to drop it in the description for people who are uh, listening, because magic cool. really is a thing that I love. So let's bring that into media and how it's portrayed. So one of my favorite movies of all time is Now You See Me. That oh, whole, yeah. I mean, the whole franchise of movies. I mean, I'm in the theater just on the edge of my seat. I love it so much. So how close is that experience to magic? Uh, very close, really. I mean, uh, you can literally... Uh, more than likely pull off most of what they do. As you know, in that movie, they combine hypnosis too, where he, Harrelson was a hypnotist. And the things you see where he's putting, going sleep and putting someone in trance really quick, I do that too. It's called instant induction. So um, that, that's very realistic, the hypnosis part of the film. And then also the, most of the magic illusion is very realistic as well. Um, they show how most of it's achieved, a lot of it in the show. But uh, yeah, all of that stuff's very doable and very cool. And um, yeah, they're two of my favorite movies too. I really love them. Also, on a humorous point, I love Burt Wonderstone, which was so funny. Uh, and I thought that was a great film. But uh, yeah, those are great, awesome movies. And I, what I like about them, they show that magic is cool. Because, you know, for so long until David, David Blaine and Chris Angel came along, uh, David Copperfield, too, kind of was cool in a way during the 80s. But it took a while to get magic back to where it was like equal to other entertainment. So I love that those films because they literally show magic as cool as any other kind of form of entertainment. Yeah. And I think magic is something you have to experience in person to feel that kind of like I remember I used to work at Guitar Center and a guy came in and he was a magician and uh, he went to pay for whatever he was buying, probably, you know, microphones or whatever. And he took out his wallet and then his wallet caught on fire. And I was like, holy cow, like this dude's wallet just caught on fire. And he was like, I'm a magician. And I was That's I, awesome. I was like man, what? I, I felt like a kid when I was an adult, but you know, like, do you still have moments like that where you just are out sometimes and you kind of just cap capture people's attention and just take them there with magic? I, I do, but more, more with hypnosis. Cause I do a lot like Woody Harrelson stuff. So like a lot of times people see my hypnosis show. Cause I do both it when I'm doing shows. Usually I do the demonstration of the magic. Then the second half of the show is the hypnosis. But when I'm doing uh, shows like that, a lot of times people, kids will come up to me in burger joints. When I say kids, teenagers, things like that, college age, they say, hey, 
can you hypnotize me? And they'll challenge me. Well, Bruce Lee was one of my very big inspirations. And, you know, Bruce, uh, many times, even on the set of his films, were challenged by other people to fight. And he would take any challenge. In the middle of Enter the Dragon, guy comes up. He wants to show that he's better than him. So he takes him on. He knocks him out, you know. So it's that way with my hypnosis. When people come up to me and they say, or, you know, can you, can you hypnotize me? I'll do a hypnotic demonstration where I'll make them unable to swallow or forget or maybe lock their arms together right in the middle of uh, McDonald's, you know? So I, I do that constantly. It's, it's kind of cool. I like that. And then if they want to see a demonstration of magic, I'm usually into doing like an escape or something for because I carry a lot zip ties with me and I'll do escapes or something on the spot. Man. So you're like locked and loaded just in case somebody asks you Always. <laughs> to do some magic. That's showbiz, you know? That's so awesome. So what are you doing other than like, um, you know, I know you said you have some state fairs coming up. Like, what are some projects that you've got coming up this year? Well, I'm really excited about something I did that's non-performing in a way, but I just did a episode of Autopsy, The Last Hours of, for the Reels channel, uh, for the ITV network in England. Uh, and it's a really cool show. I don't know if you ever saw it, but what they do is they go back, Dr. Michael Hunter goes back and he's he checks out the autopsies of famous stars that have passed away. And he, he's done everybody from MJ to uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds to whoever. Uh, and they actually try to figure out what actually killed the person, what, why they actually died. They do it very reverently and they don't insult anybody. And they don't hurt the legacy of anybody, but they do it in a way that you can understand what really probably happened to these people, especially the ones that were more mysterious in their deaths, Elvis, um, and also sports stars, wrestlers, famous wrestlers. It's a fascinating show. And I was so honored when they got a hold of me. I can't tell you who it's about, unfortunately, because it's in the agreement until they put it on their schedule, which will be this season. It'll be in the next month or two. But I'm not allowed in advance to tell people who the star is. But it's a famous magician uh, that you will very be very aware of and, and know. But uh, they brought me in as a magical expert. Also, I happen to be uh, a big super fan and a, a friend, essentially, of, of this magician. And, and so that's why they brought me in. But I'm very excited about that project. Um, it's going to be great. And you, everybody will be able to watch that on the Reels channel coming up in the next month or month and a half. That's awesome. I'm going to bookmark it uh, to follow up and make sure that people cool. have access to that. Just because I'm always... Why not? You know, there's these all these different perspectives going around and um, magic's entertaining to me. I don't know. It doesn't make me feel scared or, you know, some people are like, wow, it's spooky witchcraft. It's like, no, magic's it pretty enchanting. Well, you know about magic, what I like and what I don't like about some magicians. And I, I hope they start learning. I hate when they say they're going to do a trick for you. Um, I don't do tricks. I do demonstrations, physical demonstration. But but when you say trick, you're telling your audience or your person that you're doing this for that um, they're stupid because you're going to trick them and you're smarter than them. What I like to do is create a sense of wonder, excitement. And I like to blow people's minds. So, um, you know, I wish for just would drop that concept of I'm going to trick you do a trick. I'm going to blow your mind and do something you can't believe. That's what's cool about it, you know. And if you create that wonder like Doug Henning did, I don't know if you know Doug Henning, but he was a great magician, started on Broadway, really fantastic. He always created a sense of wonder, of childlike wonder. Under. And that's what I strive to do in everything I do. I want to take you back to when you were young, when you really could believe that impossible things were possible. Yeah, I'm f I'm just foolish enough to be an adult and still believe it. I get <laughs> captured by magic foolish. all the time. <laughs> no, you're not foolish. You have a very wonderful ability to do that because so many people have lost that ability. And so it's great that you can do that because that brings you back to that time and brings a certain kind of happiness that others might not be able to access. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. Thank you. I never thought about it that way. Um, okay. So you've got, you've got some features coming up. Um, are, is there anything that's exciting coming up on your podcast that you want to talk about? You know, I haven't done a podcast for a few weeks. I've been on tour. I've been in Nebraska, Minnesota, Texas, uh, and I just worked in LA here the other night. Um, so I haven't had the time. So I've been posting other podcasts that I guest on in place of it, but I'll be doing a new podcast this coming weekend. And I don't know, I think it's going to be about my danger magic. And I think it's going to be about the things that have happened to me on the road where I've been injured from the danger magic and how it is actually quite dangerous. Starting back to when I was 17 and I hung upside down hundred feet in the air with a straitjacket from a burning rope. So I'm going to go through all that and I'm going to talk about all those experiences in my next podcast. How did that end? The straight jacket uh, and the rope. I'm still here. <laughs> did you get the but, trick? It, was it like a, you got to get out of a chain kind of situation and get yourself well, no, down? It, it's a crazy thing. You know, I, I was very young and I was a big fan of the Houdini movie with Tony Curtis. And so I always thought, you know, that's how you become famous. You got to do these things, you know, that are unbelievable. So I went into the Lions Club in Glendora, California. I said, you know what? It was about two weeks before the big fireworks extravaganza at the football stadium. I said, I could do an upside down straitjacket from a burning rope 100 feet in the air. And I said, I'll be happy to do it for you for the publicity. What they didn't know is I had never been in a straitjacket in my life. I, I was just a young kid. I just had guts and I just I just went for it. They said, oh, we'd love to have you. I said, yeah, you just have to give me the crane and the crane operator and I'll do it. I had no idea what I was going to do or how I was going to do it. So I rushed down. As soon as they said yes, I rushed down to Hollywood. I found a straitjacket supplier. I came back and all of my um, all my buddies, my friends, Tom Rector's, still my friend of this day from that era. Um, he um, he and his brothers helped hang me from monkey bars at the junior high and put me in the straitjacket. I just struggled and learned how to do it within two weeks. Then within two weeks, I was hanging 100 feet in the air from a flaming rope that was going to burn through and drop me to the ground if I didn't get out in time. And I successfully did it. I realized now it was incredibly stupid. But you know what? When you're young, you feel you're indestructible, right? You feel you could do anything. And so I did. And, you know, in some ways, I've tried to maintain that, that thought, too. So that I still to this day have that kind of feeling that I can do anything if I put my mind to it, you know, and. So, but that was, it was insane. I should have never done it. And it's, the fuel they used on it was dripping down on me and fire drops were dropping on me. It was just insane. Uh, and I, I barred my, my mom and dad from coming to it. No, wait, my mom and dad, no. My girlfriend from coming, uh, being down with me on the field. She was in the stands, but uh, uh, my mom and dad, I didn't even tell I was doing it because I knew they wouldn't let me do it. They'd be freaked out. So that was in the day when you didn't have to have insurance. You didn't have to have, you know, nobody knew. I just told them I could do it. They accepted my word and bam, I did it. That's literally the, the uh, description of jumping the net will appear. Like, you it's got like, it. Hey, I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. That's and right. What a task. What a task to take on. You got a lot of guts, but you have to, I feel like in, if you're doing any danger magic. So what's, what are some other things you said uh, the next podcast is going to be about some like real dangers. Um, yeah. What are, what are some of these tricks? It'll be things where I, um, I, uh, well, I hate to give you too much information because I'm going to do it on the podcast, but recently in Texas, I was doing my razor blades. Now I had had an oral surgery that week. So I had stitches in my mouth. So I'm doing the razor blades. I'm starting to pull them out of my mouth on the string. The blades slit my stitches and my, I could feel the blood filling up my mouth. And I pulled the blades out, took the bow. I still had a 30-minute show, and I did the whole show swallowing blood. But uh, it, it's, uh, 
it, this is what I do. This is danger magic. And you just have to do it. If you're on stage, you got to finish the show. You can't stop just because blood's dripping into your mouth. You just make it through it. And then you deal with it after, you know? Wow. I mean, that's like life advice too. It sounds like you just make it through it and you deal with it after. Yeah, that's right. You know, you just got to, um, and, and, you know, in any situation, it's like Rocky Balboa said in one of them, and Sylvester Stallone wrote, wrote this line. He said, one step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. That's how winning is done. And that's really, that's really the way it is. And if you're in the middle of a show, you just keep one, you keep going one, one trick at one demonstration at a time, one applaud until you get to the end and then you can deal with it, you know? Yeah. So uh, I actually worked with Sly's brother a few years ago because he has a band. So he opened for me at a casino. Uh, but I met Sly a couple years ago, and what a great guy he is. That man, you've been all over. You've been uh, working with other. Are there any other celebrities that who's your favorite that you, well, you know, you've worked with? Several, um, actually, but not necessarily I work with. But, you know, the first star I ever really met was Judy Garland. And, you know, she was really as MJ was. She was that kind of amazing entertainer. She could make you cry when she sang. You know, she had that ability that so rare amongst singers. There's singers that have wonderful voices and are amazing. Like no one could touch Whitney Houston as a female singer, but she had the ability to make you feel the emotions like MJ. MJ could do that too, right? I mean, you hear his songs, it touched your heart and that's very rare. So I loved her. But as far as people I work with, um, I've worked with a lot of uh, really cool people through my career from um, country stars to uh, movie stars. But um, I guess Chuck Norris was the nicest guy I ever worked with. Chuck was oh great. God. Chuck I, Norris. I used to watch so much of him when I was a kid on TV. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you something. He's just like you watched him on TV. Really nice guy. Really funny. Really respectful of all cultures, you know. And, and you know, well, as you know, on his series, his co-star was a black man because mm -hmm. he believed in equity. And he still does to this day. And um, great guy. Great human being. I did a film called The Octagon with him where I played, was a ninja. In a, in a compound and his brother taught me how to use all sorts of ninja weapons and uh chuck chuck just i can't say enough about him great american great guy that that is awesome thank you so much for sharing a lot of this so michael uh one last time for people who are listening or maybe watching um where can they find more about your podcast um and your social medias well i really want them to know about my covid gnosis hypnotherapy because i'm helping people through the pandemic now with all these issues of stress bad sleep habits, and also anxiety about going out in public, lack of confidence. So I have my COVID Gnosis program, uh, and it's really critical to help people now because they're coming out of this thing, but these psychological challenges are staying with them. So that's my main serious piece of work right now. So I have two different websites, uh, actually three, but you can find out about me. Uh, the Danger Magic is www danger magic with a k at the end d-a-n-g-e-r-m-a-g-i-k dot weebly w-e-e-b-l-y dot com the covid gnosis is www.covidnosis c-o-v-i-d-n-o-s-i-s dot weebly dot com and then if you just want my hypnosis show it's www.mesmer dot weebly dot com so that's it Awesome. And I'll make sure I get all these links from you. Uh, the COVID Gnosis program sounds awesome, by the way. Did you you start, of course, started it during the pandemic, but we can talk about that uh, as well, too. Um, okay. Yeah. Give, give me a little bit about like what the program is and, and what it helps with. Well, all my friends in entertainment were overnight lost everything. 
you know, everything stopped overnight. It was so traumatic. And then a little bit longer, my friends that were in quote normal jobs also started losing their work and their, their experience, their lifestyle. So I realized that this was just so traumatic. And I also realized that hypnotherapy was a great way to help with this. You know, the suicide rate went up a thousand percent during this thing. And so I thought I've got to do something. So I developed using my skills and talents, this COVID gnosis program. And the reason I did that is because I knew I could help specifically with the issues at hand, which as I told you, they are stress and anxiety. Then the next big one is sleep because we've never, we've all been out of our sleep pattern. And finally being able to get out in public again and feeling confident and also weight control with that. So I have a four session program. The first session is a half hour. I just talk like we're talking. So I get to know you. And then the other three are hour sessions dealing with each of those separate issues I talked about. And after every session, you get an audio download for self-hypnosis because it's not needed to go more than those hours because it's up to you to practice the hypnosis. So you take those audios, you take what I teach you and you keep doing it yourself. And then you continually help to program yourself to be positive and live a better life. So that's what COVID Gnosis is about. It's very inexpensive. It takes four hours of your time via Zoom because Zoom is the best way to do hypnotherapy because you're safe in your home. You don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to this room with this guy? What's going to happen? I also encourage everyone to record the Zoom session on their phone so they can see what happened after each session. And so it's totally safe, totally secure. It's the best way ever to do hypnotherapy. That's amazing. And, and people who are suffering from these issues don't have to leave the comfort of their home. So right there, there's no hurdle for you to have to. And if anybody is listening to this and is struggling with any of these co post-COVID symptoms, I definitely want you to click the link below just to get more information about COVID Gnosis, um, especially since we are seeming like we're going back to work fourth quarter. Yay! I know. It's like, fill up the buildings again and driving your cars, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. <laughs> maybe. We'll see how it goes. That's where they're like, yeah, we're going back to the office. I'm like, we'll see. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being uh, an awesome guest here on What The Pod. I think you're phenomenal. Um, and I'm so glad that I got to spend episode 10 with you. I had a great time with you. Thank you so very much for having me as your guest. And thank you, folks, for listening to us today. Appreciate it very much. Awesome. For all of you listening, I will be raffling off some uh, What The Pod merch on the next episode. So definitely keep it locked. Thanks for listening.